Hi, this is Marcy McNeil, producer of the Next in Ed podcast. If you have a topic you think we should discuss, or someone you think we should interview, or if you would just like to give us some feedback, you can email us at nextinedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And now, we hope you enjoy the following episode. Hi, welcome to Next and Ed. I'm Joe. And I'm Julie. Julie, guess what today is? Friday. It is Friday. <laughs> That's very good. Did you <laughs> have a good end of the week? Did yes. you have a good week? <laughs> yeah, I had a great week. I had an exciting day. So, yes, it's Friday. And at the time that we're recording this, this is a, a special day for me. This is uh, my 26th. Uh, wedding anniversary too. Is it? It is. 26 <laughs> years. Oh, and poor Lori. I know. Poor, <laughs> okay. poor, poor Lori. And the, the cool thing about it is March 19th is actually not only our, our wedding anniversary, but it's the anniversary of our very first date. <gasps> really? Yeah. Wasn't when I was cute? 17 <gasps> years old. So Lori has known me way longer than anybody should have to. Uh, so it's really been more than 26 years. Oh, yeah. Way, way back. Well, you, to our listeners, Joe's wife is a wonderful, wonderful person. She's a saint. She is. Well, she has to be a saint That's because right. <laughs> she's been married <laughs> to you for all that time. But she really is. She is the best. So the the I bring that up um, because the significance of it, I think, too, you know, is that last year, you know, on this day, it was our 25th big day. Mm-hmm. And it was the first day they shut down all the restaurants. Oh, so you didn't get to go out to dinner. So we didn't even get to go out to dinner. Yeah. We had these big dinner plans made at this, you know, nice restaurant downtown. Right. And right. we heard the news like the night before that they were going to have to close the restaurants. And I called them that morning. And they're like, I'm sorry, we can't. Oh, no. We all going to do it up big? So, yeah, we're going to try. Yeah, yeah we're going to go to the Chuck E. Cheese. And <laughs> <laughs> I know she'll like that. So, yeah, like your first date, right? Yeah, that's right. She'll okay. <laughs> so... We've got we've got a great guest today, and I'm I'm yeah, excited about what we're going to be talking about today. We do, um, and and I was going to tell you a long time ago, uh, when I was staying at home with my kids before I started teaching, I worked at a mom's day out with preschool oh, nice. kids. Yeah. yeah, with preschool kids, and our guest today, um, that's what she does. On a regular she does basis, a lot with preschool kids, and I just can't wait to hear all of the things that she does for for Mobile County Public Schools. Great. Yeah, I'm ready to jump into it. So today we have Paula Reese and Paula is the, now the, I don't know yeah, if this, this is exactly long. right. This is like school it's like, home. Yeah. School home community programs manager. Yes. Is that right? <laughs> and that's a the lot MC, of hats. <laughs> MCPSS federal programs. You remember yes. that as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's a lot going on. Right. Well, I work in the division of federal programs okay. where um, the executive director is Belinda Roberts. And so within federal programs, my responsibilities include parent and family engagement, pre-K, and uh, monitoring Title I schools. Well, we're glad to have you today on our show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about being here. Yeah, good. So let's back up a little bit and uh, hear your story. Tell us about your journey uh, to get to where you are today. My journey, I have no complaints. It it has been an awesome journey. Um, I am one of six children, the baby girl, um, born and raised in Mobile, Alabama, 
a very proud graduate of Williamson High School. Right. And um, just come from a loving family. My, my parents, my mom and dad expect, had high expectations. When you graduated, you were either going to college, the military, or a job with benefits. And so they worked hard. They're smart. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. So I went on off to the University of South Alabama, not my first choice, but I just could not leave my parents. I'm, I'm a daddy's girl, oh. mama's girl. So I stayed home, and, and I, I loved, had a great experience at South. I'm that child I knew since the age of probably four or five, six. My first school experience, I'm going to be a teacher. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you, know, some, she, some you always know knew. Yeah. You didn't yeah. have a crooked path like myself or Joe. You know, you just well, <laughs> I, I started out an engineering major because the oh. counselors in high school, teachers don't make any money. You're a great student. You would do well. You need to major in engineering. Only one problem. I do not like math. And math, <laughs> math does not like me. So, hey. I, but my passion, my heart, I just wanted to be that teacher. Mm-hmm. I've had great teachers along the way. And um, being a proud graduate of a Mobile County Public School, being in the school system, coming to work in the school system, there's just some pride in that. And, and I, for me to say, well, I'm a product of Mobile County Public School. Right, right. It, it just does something for me and to know that I've been able to give back mm-hmm. to my community. I, I love teaching. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, I, it is evident. Yes. You, you sound so passionate, and I concur about that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm also a, a Mobile County school product and work. It, it is a good feeling. It is. It's a great it feeling really to get is. back to it that. It is. And, and to be able to tell people, well, mm-hmm. no, things have changed, and, of course, the classroom does not look the same, but it's a great experience. It's wonderful. So you did end up, they, even though they were pushing you towards engineering, you ended up going through the College of Ed College at, of at Ed. South Alabama? Yes, I, probably second semester after that first semester. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who do I listen to? My, my heart or, you know, my counselors meant well. And sure. it's not about the money. No. Uh, we, we don't do it for the money. And I've never second-guessed myself Um I, if you, I, it's, you're right. If it's, you're doing what you love, it, it, it you're happy. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I taught at Dixon, D-I-X-O-N in okay. Irvington, okay. and Mrs. Martha Peake was actually my first principal. Really? Yeah, my first principal. And Martha finishing, Peake was yeah. our former uh, superintendent mm-hmm. for our listeners, just to catch up on that. And nearing the end of my second year teaching, she told me, do not walk back through my door unless you can show me that you have enrolled in a master's degree program. And I was like, I've only been teaching two years. I'm still on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and she gave me this look that I knew, I mean it, Paula. Yes, ma'am. So I went and enrolled and worked on my master's degree and it has just been phenomenal. Of course, early childhood education, because that's my heart. Mm-hmm. That's my heart. Mm-hmm. What, what grade did you teach at Dixon? At Dixon, started. I started in second grade, mm-hmm. and then I taught kindergarten. Okay. And then I left Dixon after eight years, um, just things change in your life. And I um, taught at Council Traditional Magnet School for eight years. And I left Council. Um, I have a son, Pride and Joy. He is 26 now, but um, John has autism high-functioning, and I needed him at a great elementary school. And the principal, Mrs. Terry Tomlinson, there said, I'll take him if you come with him. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) So I've taught taught at Maryville. And after 18 years in the classroom, someone said, hey, there's this job. And I was like, oh, I love teaching. Well, just apply for it and see what happens. 
And I was told that you can have a greater impact. And when you're a teacher, you're a teacher at heart. Mm -hmm. Because even not being in the classroom, you're still teaching, you still have impact. So that's how I made it to federal programs. And, well, did you work with um, the pre-K right away in federal not programs? Right because away. there's a lot of divisions in federal right, programs. Right, I, I was in federal programs as a school improvement specialist. And at that time, um, with pre-K, Just Four has always been a central part of the school system here. And that's our developmental laboratory. Okay, tell us a little bit more about Just Four. Then. So Just Four started out strictly four-year-olds. I want to say in the very beginning of 1988 was when Just Four originated, and they probably had between 10 and 12 classrooms. Then at some point, they tried Just Four and Five. And um, so realized, no, let's just stick with the four-year-olds. And so Mobile actually has had pre-K longer than any district in the state of Alabama because we've had pre-K in Mobile since 1988. Was that the first? Um, I don't think the first in Alabama, one but mm -hmm. one, one of the few. Um, and it's just always been a great program. And the classrooms were only at just four at that time. And then parents were driving from all over Mobile County. And then, of course, the building principals were, hey, why can't I have a pre-K? We want, you know, we need something in our community. And the district at that time, whoever, whomever the superintendent was at that time, they decided, well, we need to have a greater impact. And one thing that every superintendent in this district, they believe in early learning because they know the foundation. That's what I was going to ask mm -hmm. about because I guess at, at some point they realize the significance of trying to bring the kids in earlier because is it they don't really have to start school until first grade? Exactly. So trying to get the kids a little bit earlier and encouraging them to come in and start oh, yes. learning and, and socializing mm -hmm. and, and all the things that are. But realizing that they can learn. Now, developmentally, right. it's a little different, but they're learning. And when they're ready, they're ready. But those who need the extra, and then some people don't realize the social skills are just as important Absolutely. as that academic piece. Absolutely. So Mobile has just always been on the cutting edge when it came to pre-K. And once um, what happens in the district, they're federally funded at first with pre-K. And I, like I said, superintendent board support for pre-K to ensure, and we were able to begin to add units in the schools, in the, in the different Title I elementary schools. Okay. So there still is a just there's a just for school, oh, yes. but then there's pre-K all over there, the There are site schools with mm -hmm. pre-K. Same program, same focus. We are just making sure that we are providing pre-K to meet the needs of the students in Mobile County. So then there's this additional piece since um, 2012 – when the state of Alabama state-funded pre-K, and we were able to apply for an Office of School Readiness, OSR pre-K. Those are state-funded pre-K units. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So that's different from Than the federal. federal. Funded. Okay. But we entered into a partnership with them in 2015 after, 2015 after writing for one classroom grant because uh, we, right now, let's say, we currently have 72 pre-K classrooms. So we went from 10 to 72. And at some point, we had wow. 50 Title I. But with OSR and the ability to write for state grants, we have 22 uh, OSR state-funded classrooms. But we're all the same. There's a partnership with them. Okay, so how many preschools do all of the schools have a preschool? Not every school has one, and the only reason would be that they don't have room. 
Oh, okay. There are some schools that just don't have room for a pre-K mm-hmm. classroom, right? Mm-hmm. And then we also look at the need in the area. Okay. Um, which area may need have uh, additional to make need. it a priority? Right. Okay, right. so that brings me a question about the parenting portion that you do because uh, one of the things, and in my experience, is working with moms day out, working in in elementary schools with early ed. I work at a K two school, right? So. The getting the parents to be involved with their their with their young students to be able to help them academically and socially. So it's kind of a tie in there with the parents. Oh yes, definitely. That parent engagement piece across the district is mm-hmm. very important. But the thing about pre K, there's also a mandatory parent engagement piece. Oh. Because we want to start we need to start educating you parents. This is when you step in. But we don't want you to stop because when they get to third grade, we, st- we still need you sixth grade. We still need you in high school. Right. But to know that in order for this to work, we've got to have a partnership with you as a parent. Now it's the grandparent, the greater community, because we have so many community partners that are engaged with our families and our students. And it went from parent involvement to par- parent and family engagement because the dynamics have changed. Okay, and so we want you to be engaged. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and that is such an important piece because I think that's part of why the need is there for preschool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that early education. Yes. So what does that look like for the parents? You said that they, uh, they're required, so if they want to send their kid in with the pre-K, they're required to participate in some yes, way sir. how does what does that look like we, you, you are required at a minimum to have 12 parent and family engagement hours this may be especially this year it's been a little different but we still have virtual workshops virtual learning uh, each month each child will have a activity a take-home activity where the family works together. And I'm just going to use as an example, it's Easter. So it may be something with creating something out of your Easter egg or finding your favorite Mm -hmm. Easter story and doing an activity as a family. So when you send that in or virtually, if you're going to share it, you get engagement points for that. Okay. So attending orientation, attending certain meetings. There are certain things that we ask the families to do even as far as giving your opinion of an observation of your child. So when you participate in certain observations, then you get family engagement points. Going on field trips when we ever get back to that. Coming to school, volunteering for spring fling. Okay, so the points, they add up to Yes, ma'am. You what? 12. You, if, as long as you have 12 hours. Okay, so they can, mm-hmm. and then they can continue in the program? Oh, or, yes, ma'am. I They're mean, the, is that the, the purpose of the points? Right. Okay. Well, ju- the purpose of it is because when we say in order for your child to remain in this program, you mm-hmm. need 12 Got parent it. and family engagement hours, mm-hmm. and that's for the year. Right, okay. That, well, That's, that's for the year. That's re- but not the, asking a lot. Right, but the big piece is you are connecting with your child, right. you're connecting with your child's teacher, and think about I'm a better parent because I'm beginning to understand how it works in the school. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming that stakeholder in my child's education because I'm learning more about how it works. Well, let's let's back up just a little bit because you, you did mention about this year. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that. How has that been from the pre-K perspective of trying to continue teaching during a pandemic? Wow. Well, and, and I will say our teachers, number one, they deserve hands 
hands up, I mean, just all over the place because the teachers, that was their concern. How do we do this? So sure. the first thing we had to get buy-in for our parents that we're going to continue co- to connect with your child. We made sure every child had a device, and before we could get the devices in the parents' hands, if we were texting, we were calling, we've had teachers that were doing drive-bys, going to the kids' house, yeah. having them drive through at the school to pick up take-home packs. You name it, we have done it to connect. We've had a teacher had the parents to send in pictures of their children so that she made a scrapbook for every child so they would know these are my classmates. Right, so, I mean, that, yes, so that they would know their face or right. when they ever got back to class, mm-hmm. they would know who these who their classmates right. are too and just and to make that social exactly. connection. And we ended the school year last year. Our teachers did video lessons through MCPSS TV um, to end the year with those students, and we made that available for our families also because it's all up on YouTube and you can go and look. But we have really done a great job of connecting. So then when it was time to come in the building, probably more than half of our four-year-olds, the parents, you know, we reassured them it's okay. We're taking care of your child. We're following all of the protocols and procedures. Probably more than half came in the building. So since January, we probably are at 80% capacity in the building. And I will say we were worried about our numbers. We have capacity for 1,296 students. At any given point, We've had 1,296. Even with somebody withdrawing or decided, oh, this is not working for me or it can't work because of, you know, a person's Mm -hmm. schedule, we've had students on the waiting list who we have been able to fill those spaces. That's wonderful. So, And you're talking about across the district. Across Mm -hmm. the district. Mm -hmm. Across the district, yes. So that's that's approximately 1,300 students Mm -hmm. who are going to get that head start. Right, or who right. might not have had that before, not getting it at home or whatever, just exactly. going to get that head start. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, okay, well, well, let's get into this then because you mentioned the TV. So, I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, aren't you a host of a TV show <laughs> that's here through the school system? Yes, MCPSS Parent Connect. Um, Carmen um, Bounds is my co-host. We work together. And um, this is our way as a district. We want to reach out to parents. How can we connect to them? How can we bring them interesting topics? And we would solicit them for topics. We listen, of course, see what are parents asking about, what do they want to know. And we have guests to come in. We have parents to sit on the show. And um, it has really surprised me because a lot of people do watch mcp they do (laughs) they they watch it and they learn and they want to know more um it's a great experience and just being able to when you think about a district this large we're reaching parents in so many different ways and when a parent says your voice sounds familiar I know you're that lady. You know, they made good thing they don't remember the face. But the voice. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> the voice they have. And, and, and then they'll say, well, you were talking about so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Or I remember so-and-so said this. So um, Parent Connect is a great communication tool. It is. And, and that makes you, if they're saying things like that, it makes you very approachable. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, there's that the, the nice lady on television, and so I, I'm going to give them a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and see what happens. Exactly. I'm, I'm curious about the backstory of that. How did that <laughs> TV show come about? Um, Quentin Howard. Yes. We um, just had him on last week. 
<laughs> I think Marcy McNeil had a little hand in that. Um, she's Marcy, our Marcy producer. Marcy McNeil is, uh, is our producer. Yeah, she, right. she, she's, she's awesome. Yes. She's pretty amazing. Um, and I don't, I, and I think working with parents, Quentin just, and Marcy, well, if you're working with parents and, and then we, we looked around, we need someone else. And Carmen Bounds is just fantastic. The second piece to Carmen is Carmen speaks Spanish. So we want to reach all families because we got to make sure that we're engaging everyone. Right. So we're able to address our EL families. And it is just, it, it, it has really been a great experience. Of course, we're looking to pick up, hopefully, if not near the end of the year, definitely in the summertime because of COVID, we haven't been able to. But we have been able to really just bring some people on to answer questions and address some of our schools. So needs. you have guests on your show. Yes, come on the show. We go out in the field. With some of those partners. Partners, mm-hmm. um, people within this district. Um, we uh, Football games. We go out, do live sessions, talk about different things. Um, graduation, um, our annual award ceremony that the school district does. Carmen and I got a chance to do the red carpet. <laughs> 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 Lots of fun. Lots of fun, but... It's engaging. Able, it is, mm-hmm. and being able to share our great story within Mobile County Public Schools. That's true. And how long have you been doing that TV show now? Um, maybe about two years, two or three two years. years. Uh-huh, two or three years, yes. So uh, you, you said you did do some live segments. So the, is the show typically pre-recorded? It's pre-recorded. Then, okay. mm-hmm. It's typically pre-recorded. Uh, even when we go out, if we go on school sites, we went, for instance, we went over to um, Augusta Evans, and we did a segment one summer about the summer feeding program. So we went on, even though it was not live, but we those people are our backbones, the CAFA CMP staff. Yeah. So we went to talk to them about summer feeding. We, we just, people need to know who's behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know, who makes it work. And our nurses, they've been fabulous. They keep us up to date and talk to parents and answer questions. Um, like you were saying, the community partners, mm-hmm. boys and girls clubs, um, City and Mobile. We've had all these different people who can talk to parents and, and let them know what's available, how we all connect, because we're all together with this. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I, I think people uh, in general don't realize what it takes to to put on school exactly uh especially for a system this size and Mm -hmm. you know what it encompasses and all the pieces and it is a lot Mm -hmm. yes absolutely yeah i i'm very grateful for for what you're doing i think uh, you know i'm thinking about new parents Mm -hmm. that are just you know they don't know yet they don't know what's out there they don't know what it's like to be on that side of of education when they're trying to guide their child so You've got the TV show, and then what if, let's say, listening to this podcast, you know, a, a new mom's on there and says, "Well, this sounds great. What do I? How do I get involved in that? What What do they have access to? How do they reach out and find out information?" So, as a as a new parent, anyone listening, um, if it's about pre K, if you already have a child in the public school system and you have some questions about the parent and family engagement program or you know, just want to see where can I find this or that. Um, they can always call me, 251-221-5218. Um, leave a message because um, I'm, I'm in and out um, with the schools, working with our pre-K classrooms. Um, they can always email me. 
go to mcpss.com, and if you click on First Class Pre-K on the um, link for Pre-K, then my contact number, email address, there's a link there where they can email me. And the First Class Pre-K, that's is that the state that's run a, Well, actually, um, it's for Mobile County, it's Title I and state. That okay. partnership makes us all First Class Pre-K. Okay. We're all First Class Pre-K. It is phenomenal. I've seen it. There's it's one in phenomenal. my school. Well, we have mm-hmm. we have two yes. with peer models, mm-hmm. and then one with first class pre K, right. and it's it and is that phenomenal. speaks to the need because mm-hmm. your school has a large number of students who mm-hmm. are waiting on that random selection. Mm-hmm. Then you have parents who are willing to pay for the peer model program. That's right. So it speaks to the need, and we still are not serving half of our four year old population. Wow. We're not even close to serving half. So you, you just mentioned a. a a peer model mm-hmm. program. What what is that? So the peer model program is through special services preschool, which is a different preschool. We don't advertise those classes because um, within the the local elementary schools, it's at the principal's discretion since it is a tuition program. But those students who are who apply, they are peer models for other students who are in that program. They're peer models. It's a great program. They use the same curriculum. Um, they follow most of the same guidelines, but their guidelines fall under special um, services. But it's a great program, and that waiting list is just as long because parents want their children in a high-quality pre-K program, and we've proven here in Mobile we because we work closely. School. Right, mm-hmm. we work very closely with the peer model program. Ms. Barnett and I, we, we tag team. We do our teachers work together. It's um, it, it's a great program. You may find this hard to believe, but my very first job for Mobile County Public School System, I was a uh, paraprofessional mm-hmm. in a pre-K classroom, Hamilton, Elementary, remember, Chickasaw. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So there I was, big old six-foot-two <laughs> Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> working with the, the little four-year-old babies. Giving me a chuckle. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and it, it took uh, two weeks before I got the flu. You know how you just have to, your body you have has to, to adjust. To, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> with all the, everything that comes along with being around a bunch of four-year-olds. So, And they but, love you no matter what. That's just oh, like that's with right. the pandemic. Oh, they do. They don't know not to hug. And when you love them, guess what? You're not going to tell them don't hug. No. So that has that is my happy place when I get to go into the pre-K classroom, and I take my little science cart in there, and and, oh, it's just it's just a happy place. Yes, I bet (laughs) it's my happy place. So tell us about is there a a state parenting day? Statewide parenting day. Actually, the state of Alabama sets aside the month of October as statewide parent and family engagement month. And normally here in Mobile, we set aside. That third Monday, and it really depends on when report cards go home because we like for that next Monday after when the report cards go home, we like for that to be statewide parent parent and family engagement day in Mobile because we we want our parents to be able to come into the school, have conferences, um, our schools put on different workshops, presentations. It may just be spending time in your child's school, being able to see what happens. Um, like in the high schools and middle schools, the parents actually get to change classes with the kids. Those are some of the things that we do during that time. So you even do that for high school kids? Oh, yes. Yeah. You missed I'll, it. I bet the high school you. kids love that. Yeah. Yours didn't tell you. There's my mom. She's in the back. <laughs> no, funny. My kids never mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, funny they didn't. Mine either, come to think of it. <laughs> so there's, but there's, a, there's another 
I'm, I'm a little confused because I, I, I hear about something else called Head Start. Mm-hmm. So how does Head Start compare to, say, the uh, Just Four or, or what? Does it tie in with what oh, you Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. As a matter of fact, we are really trying to reach as many students as possible, as possible in Mobile County. So we have, um, I'm trying to remember exactly because it's changed a little. We have 11 Head Start classrooms within some of our elementary schools. Oh, okay. For instance, Brightling Elementary. They don't have a pre-K. They have a peer model unit, and they have two Head Start classrooms. So um, we do, and it's because there's a need in that community. Head Start is a federally funded program, been around since 1965. And here in Mobile County, Head Start is administered through Mobile Community Action. Also, Early Head Start is administered through Mobile Community Action and Gulf Regional Early Childhood Services. Early Head Start is from birth up to the age of three. Head Start is for three- and four-year-olds. And they, okay. they, it's the same program. It's just another avenue for parents to get early learning for their child. And most of the, are the Head Start uh, classrooms embedded within elementary schools or do they have no head start we within mobile county we have those 11 classrooms within our elementary schools Mm -hmm. but the remaining head start units they have their own facilities they have standalone buildings actually um bessie c farmville which is one of our buildings that has closed Mm -hmm. that's a head start site oh okay Mm -hmm. okay they have sites they have their own standalone buildings and sites across mobile county baldwin county um, in different places. But here in Mobile, because we realize we're still, if we're not meeting half of that four-year-old population, we sought out another avenue to try and service more students. So we entered into that contract with um, Head Start. That's wonderful because yes, so. you just want to increase the impact regardless. Exactly. And just make those partnerships to make it happen. Exactly. exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like I knew we had some yeah. pre-K stuff going on, but I didn't realize there was that much. I mean, that's yes, really sir. impressive. That's, that's a lot. lot. That's a lot no. going on. So there's on. The, this, the peer model. Mm-hmm. There's Head Start, Just Four, and then First well, Class. Just Four is First Class. First, they're, they're just, one of okay, our Okay, that's one the second. Just Four is First uh-huh. Class. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. See, so I have to yeah, – right. that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities. So what's the barrier? Is it is it buildings? The barrier is just mm-hmm. more – more classrooms to service more students, which one of those would be not having enough room, especially in areas of high need. Space. And what about teachers? Uh, are there well, enough right teachers now, to serve? Um, the State Department, they have the Teach Scholarship. We have auxiliary teachers. That's, those are the teacher assistants in our classroom. They're auxiliary because they work just as hard, and they have Absolutely. to have an early childhood credential to even work in pre-K. Mm-hmm. So those auxiliaries can apply for a TEACH scholarship, which will pay for their BS degree in early childhood. Really? So we, our public school system, Mobile County Public Schools, our superintendent is fantastic. We have an agreement with TEACH where we support that. So we do have some auxiliary teachers working on that, where we, and essentially we're growing our own. So if they're in a classroom now as mm-hmm. an auxiliary in a pre-K classroom, yes. they can look to the TEACH? They can apply for a TEACH, T-E-A-C-H scholarship. scholarship. And we have several teachers who are working on their BS degree. We do have one or two who have been able to um, move into an opening in pre-K. And then we have two who are currently, they were able to get K through two jobs because they're early childhood certified. Right, right, right. So essentially, we're growing our own. 
but pre-K is expanding. It's, it's not going anywhere. And actually, right now, the state of Alabama, first-class pre-K, we're, our focus is the first five years. So we're looking at, even right here, to think about it. So we know we've got to get them in pre-K at the age of four, but what happens between birth and the age of three? Right. So we've got to start to look at that focus so that we can get that good foundation in. Kind of uh, circling back to something you said earlier, you know, thinking about, I think a lot of teachers experience this. They, they first start teaching, they love being in the classroom, um, and they feel that close connection with those kids, and they worry if they ever left the classroom that maybe they wouldn't be able to make the same kind of impact. But then you just shared your story with us. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you weren't exactly sure you wanted to leave the classroom, right. but then when you did – and talking about all of the things that you've been doing and all the programs that you're a part of and the TV show, I mean, imagine the impact that you're having. Yeah, it, and it keeps you – it's a blessing. This, I will say I feel like this is my gift, and, and it's something – but I'm still learning. You got this great lady right here. She's done so much. She's pointing at Julie. You know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, she's just phenomenal. Oh, and, she is. And, and Julie, she tells me that every day. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have to remind you. That's all. I'm just kidding. And, and I Thank think you, she Paula. could. She could understand from my standpoint. In my office, I have an old wooden school desk, and someone said, "Why do you want that?" That's what I am. I'm a teacher, and it's that 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 humility that keeps you right. there to know that you're impacting a child's life. And my former students call me. I'm watching their kids come through pre-K registration. I'm watching them teach. And to know the impact that you have. But I'm in the classroom. I roll up my sleeves. You I'm, I you mean, do. you still teach. You, you still you teach. Still, yeah. But it's also, so you, it's generational. You, you have impacted generations. <laughs> but also think about the teachers. I mean, if you're impacting teachers and inspiring them, to be in the preschool and work in those preschools right. and help them get scholarships, then you're even impacting more students. Right. That's right. And you never it's exponential. Them, you never ask them to do anything that you won't do. I'm with you. I, I believe I support the program, first class pre-K, uh, Mobile County Public Schools. I believe in this right here. This, this school system is great. It has done well by me, my family. I have nieces who are teachers. So it's, it's just phenomenal. Well, you are a blessing to many, I'm sure. So – Kind of looking ahead, what what do you see as the future? What would you like to see uh, coming down the line for your program or for just pre-K education in general? You mentioned more of a focus on the early up through age three. I, I think at some point, of course, more pre-K classrooms. We actually have a pri- applied for an additional first-class pre-K grant. We have a pre-K classroom at Mary G. Montgomery High School. You all have to see it. It's phenomenal. A pre-K at At the high school. MGM, because of lack of space. Okay. And there's a great need in the Sims community. Mm -hmm. So Allentown alone would have over 90 kids on their waiting list. So um, the superintendent and Mrs. Belinda Roberts made a pitch to the principal's high school. Y'all got some room in your building. And and Mr. Marlon Furl, the principal at MGM, tell me more about this. What does it look like? So we've had, this is our first year. It's phenomenal, so much so. Mr. Pearl said, well, do you think we could apply for a second classroom? Of course. And they've registered enough students for a second classroom. So we're just waiting. We've submitted the grant and everything. So, of course, more pre-K classrooms. Of course, 
more teachers, more individuals who are interested and ready because we're at a point, even myself, where retirement is it's, it's here. And, it, and it's time. You know, it's, it's time, and um, we need to have more individuals who are ready to go, sitting <laughs> and ready. Well, and being in a high school, you could even start exposing high go. school students to the possibility of right. being teachers by letting them do some work with the pre-K So, kids. and that's what's happening. Yeah. So, of course, on Mr. Furrell's wish list somewhere down the road, because Baker High School has an early childhood academy. Oh. They're doing dual enrollment for um, their high school students with Bishop State Community College. And this is our, we're, we finished one full year. We're moving into a year and a half. Those students may possibly graduate with a two-year degree in early childhood. Definitely the credentials where they could leave out of MGM and walk into an auxiliary teacher position because they would have 48 Mm -hmm. college credit hours. And, of course, there's the teach scholarship. And Mr. Peru just that he said, look, I I need something. This is an open field. We're going to need people. So one of our pre-K teachers applied for the job, and we hated to lose her, but she's a phenomenal CHD dual enrollment instructor, and that partnership with Bishop State. So they're going into our pre-K classrooms, those students, reading to our students, doing many lessons. So, of course, now Mr. Furl over at MGM, because his students are looking, because he has some kids, they're going in helping with pre-K, reading to the class. So you're right. There's an impact in this domino effect, mm-hmm. and it's not going anywhere. It's, it's going to keep on right, keep on falling and, and just growing and growing. To be. Yeah. So that's what's yeah. going to happen. That's what's going to mm-hmm. be next. I mean, yeah. it's going to be bigger yeah. and and possibly maybe even expanding in ages. Exactly. Exactly. Because of the need from zero mm-hmm. to four and think to they're three. Do, they're doing science, STEM. Mm-hmm. These little kids, those four-year-olds, their minds, they take it all in. They're hands-on. You're not going to see any worksheets, Mm-mm-mm. worksheets, no worksheets in first class pre-K. Mm-mm. It's hands-on learning. I know I'll go into the first class pre-K to do some stuff, and that teacher's already done it. When I go in to do my she's science, phenomenal. she's like, oh, we did that already. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on. <laughs> I said, that's fabulous, though. Yeah. That's wonderful. That is great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for oh, sitting thank down y'all with for us today. It's been so inspiring. It's, it really it's has. Been fun. Well, thank you all. It, it's obvious you. you have a true heart for this. Definitely awesome. a love. Yes. So hopefully, I mean, I know you said you mentioned retirement, but hopefully it's <laughs> not too not too, new, too close. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully no. You know, and I think you know when it's. Sure. I love it. I'm still that teacher. First week. You're of not school. going anywhere for a while. I can see that right now. Nervous stomach. I still get nervous stomach, yes. and I think that's good. Yes. I, every every right. year, every day. Yeah. I still have that nervous stomach. Exactly. What's going to happen today? Yeah, yeah, but it, it's a great place to be. It is. Well, that's wonderful. Thank well, you for sharing. We'll, we'll be sure to share uh, the uh, phone number that you gave and uh, put in some information about how to reach you for parents that are listening to this program. Oh, most definitely. More, we're here so. to help. We're, we're leading and learning. We're here to help. That's right. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, and thank you for listening. And uh, please be sure to join us next time as. Julie and I continue to explore what's what's next next in Ed. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like what you heard, please rate and review this podcast so others can find us. The Next in Ed podcast is brought to you by the Mobile County Public Schools IT Department in partnership with the Department of Counseling and Instructional Sciences at the University of South Alabama. Engineered by Tim VP Media Production.
Music by Justin Matthews. Hosted by Dr. Joe Gaston and Julie Neidhart. Follow us on Twitter at NextInEd and on Facebook. Guests on the podcast are expressing personal opinions for informational purposes only. They are not necessarily acting as official representatives for their schools, universities, organizations, or places of employment. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.